0: What's going on, guys? DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the four-game NBA slate on Saturday. This could be one of the last four-game slates we have for the playoffs. If you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make content for DraftKings NBA Top Shot and for prize picks. Um, if you guys are looking for more in-depth content for DFS, I do offer that on Patreon.com. Link down below. We've been having a really, really good stretch. Well, up until tonight, we basically avoided the bad luck, bad variance outside of the book injury a couple of days ago. And then basically every piece of, you know, bad variance happened to be tonight. So this tonight, just a complete, just want to block that out. It never happened. But um, yeah, the, the, the sponsor of today's video, you know, guys, is Prize Picks. Uh, if you guys are a new user, you can use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. We've been doing really, really well over there. I've been giving some picks on Twitter. Um, I gave Bobby Portis over points that hit easily. I gave Stevie Scott for the USFL under that hit easily. So make sure to to follow me on Twitter, guys. I'll periodically be giving my picks over there. Um, and all right, so let's talk about this four game slate. I guess we have to take a look at my lineup. It's ugly. It's ugly. Like I said, every piece of bad luck happened to beat him tonight. Um, you know, had a lot of exposure to Milwaukee and Chicago. It's like a two point spread. NASA blowout bulls wave the white flag uh in the fourth quarter. And the funny thing is Billy Donovan's actually known for running his starters deep into in for blowouts. But like he just called it quits at the beginning of the fourth just no starters touched the court in the fourth quarter. So um that was definitely frustrating. So obviously the the Bucks guys didn't play the normal minutes. So again, there's there's one piece of, you know, bad luck. Number 2, uh John Collins Misses, like, two dunks. They close with Onyeka Okongu. He gets benched. And then Cam Johnson starts off really well. Hits, like, two straight buckets. Three fouls in, like, six minutes. It's like, well, there's just no way I'm going to win when you have stuff like that happen. So, um, yeah, just a very forgettable night um, overall. So, I'm doing good in late showdown. Maybe I can make some money back there. We'll see how that finishes. But... Uh, I also have cam Johnson in that lineup just, just a tilting night for sure. But yeah, that's it for the look back again, guys. I just want to forget about, uh, tonight. Hope you guys had a better night. Hopefully avoided some of this bad luck. Um, and let's talk about this four game slate. So we'll start off from the Philadelphia side. So I do want to mention here, Joel Embiid, he has a suffered torn ligament, in his right thumb, but he said he's just going to play through it. So we'll see if that affects him, but, um, he's going to play huge minutes. He should play around 40 minutes. Um, played 44 in overtime last game, so again I think around 40 minutes makes him an okay spend-up. Uh, Toronto has done a decent job in him defensively. I think Harden uh, stands out the most to me, it only nine one. Um, should play around 40 minutes or so. He fouled out uh, in that game against Toronto, but I think Harden makes a pretty safe play. Max and Tobias kind of both came back down to earth, and I expected that. I mentioned I was like, I don't think Tobias and Max are going to average 40 points points in the playoffs. However, these guys are playing huge minutes. He saw an, insert, an absurd 47 minutes from Tobias Harris. Now, sure, that was with overtime, but 42 in regulation. He's gonna play huge minutes. Max is gonna play huge minutes. They're both decent options in the mid range. They've obviously both shown that ceiling, but don't expect you know Max to average 50 fantasy points and Tobias to average like 40. Right? That's that's not gonna happen. You're gonna you're gonna see more usage for for guys like Harden and for Embiid. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't feel good about it, but he came through for me last night. Again, I'm going to say Danny Green's a decent value. Uh, He played 41 minutes of regulation. So he's not going to do a ton when he's out there. If he can knock down a couple threes, he can probably get close to getting value. So it's not a fun play. Uh, Not at all. You're going to feel pretty nauseous if you click on his name, but he's going to play huge, huge minutes. And that's basically it. The starters are just playing huge minutes. I don't really think I can get to anyone else. Like, I guess Niang played 23 minutes, but again, that was hard and foul trouble. If I had to pick someone off the bench, it would be Niang, but... Uh, that's hard for me to feel good about that. Now with Toronto, I'm just telling you right now, I don't trust Nick Nurse at all. They say he's doubtful. I, I just Nick Nurse always lies here. If, if you want my guess, I actually think I think Scotty Barnes ends up playing because Toronto has, has listed so many guys as doubtful over the last like, week, and they all just end up playing. So I do not trust Nick Nurse whatsoever. We'll monitor the situation. Um, if scotty barnes plays then everyone on toronto just kind of looks like mediocre plays like a must-win game Siakam and van fleet are gonna play like huge minutes i think those two would probably be my favorite but it would be hard to get to like the value guys if barnes plays now if barnes misses achua probably is the guy that gets the big minutes bump um should play you know around 30 minutes would like achua if if barnes doesn't play but uh, if barnes is also out, i think gary trent is a little bit too cheap if he can knock down his shots had a decent shooting game last game the only downside of Trent is he is very, very score independent. So he does have to hit a shot to get value. So we'll keep an eye on Scotty Barnes uh, news there for Toronto. Dallas and Utah. Another big question mark is Lucas is questionable. Now, they said he was going to come, they said he was going to play in game four. Um, he did go through a full practice Friday. So if I had to guess, I would say he does play. Kids had the, the uh, Mavericks remain optimistic that he'll be available. Um,. So we'll see. And Tim uh, MacMahan said possibly not. So, again, I think it's close to 50-50 with Luka. If Luka misses, you guys know what to do, right? You're going to see massive minutes for Brunson and Dinwiddie, and they're going to do everything for the team. So I think both will look really, really solid. Brunson only played 35 minutes last game because he went to the locker room for a good chunk of that second quarter. And then, yeah, Dinwiddie, uh, they're going to play 40 minutes. So I would like them both quite a bit um, if Luca is out. If Luke is in, I have no interest in either. Um, during Finney Smith, Bullock in up play like huge minutes. They're both kind of just like neutral plays to me. Um, I mean Finney Smith played 47 minutes. He literally left the court for one minute. That that is insane. So he's a very safe play um at 5.3k. And then Kleba I like you know, if Luka plays or not, because I Dallas wants to spread out the jazz. So um I would think Kleba still plays probably at least, you know, twenty-five minutes of Luca plays, probably more if Luca doesn't play. So He would be a potential, uh, another value. I'm staying away from Powell. They don't want to play him in the series. So that's it for Dallas on the Utah side. Basically a must-win game here um, at home to try to tie up the series. Donovan Mitchell, 8-7, might shoot the ball 30 times. He shot 29, 30, and 21 times the first three games so far of the series. He's going to play like 40-plus minutes. So I think he makes for a good spend-up. Gobert kind of just there for me. Uh, He's been kind of disappointing so far this series, but he's going to play big, big minutes. Usually has a pretty high floor. I do like the two guys in the mid-range here, Bogdanovich and Conley. I expect around 40 minutes from Bogdanovich. He did get a little bit of foul trouble last game. That's why he only played 32 minutes. And Conley expects him to play mid-30s minutes if he stays out of foul trouble. So um, Conley and Bogdanovich I think, are both pretty safe plays. Um, I'm not really interested in Clarkson. His minutes have not really been there. Um, I guess he did play 30 minutes last game, but that was Bogdanovich getting in foul trouble. Um, I guess you can consider him in tournaments, but I don't feel great about it. Like, you know what Royce O'Neal is. He's going to play around 30 or so minutes. He can obviously do this to you, but he can do this if he can knock down a couple shots. Low usage guy, but going to play big minutes. Whiteside barely played last game, only played seven. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't like it if he's playing more than that 10 to 15 minute range. Uh, I think it'd be a consideration for tournaments. But yeah, that's it for Utah, Boston, and Brooklyn. So, this is a tricky one because I would be really high on the Boston guys again. We have Robert Williams back, and he tends to play in a limited fashion. So, it just kind of makes the whole rotation. A little bit riskier, right? With just one more body in the rotation, and, like how many minutes is Robert Williams going to play in this game? So that's the tricky part about it. But uh, two guys are going to play huge minutes no matter what are Tatum and Brown. Like Robert Williams playing doesn't really affect either of these two. So I think both Tatum and Brown are safe plays. Uh, good matchup here. Bullshit should play around 40 minutes. Like them both. Now with Horford, if Robert Williams plays, I think you can downgrade Horford a bit. And it depends how many minutes is Robert Williams playing. So that's one we'll kind of keep an eye on, uh, the news for Robert Williams. Marcus Smart, I don't really think it affects him too much. He should play mid-30s minutes. He had an off game last game, but um, I still think he's a relatively safe play a guy that can contribute in a lot of different ways for the team. Derek White barely played last game, um, played 28 minutes, and then went down to 13. I guess if he plays well, they can extend him, so he's viable for tournaments. Uh, Daniel Tice with Robert Williams coming back, can't go there. Grant Williams played well and played good defense. I could see him playing or you know, 20 plus minutes I think he's an interesting value play. You did see a little bit of Peyton Pritchard. He played well off the bench, but um not not enough minutes for me to really feel confident there. On the Brooklyn side, so it's basically do or die time now for Brooklyn. They gotta win this game. I think Kevin Durant stands out as a great play at the top. Don't care what's happened the first couple games. I know Boston's a good defensive team. Kevin Durant has not shot well. Don't care. I, I think Kevin Durant really stands out. I think he bounces back in a big way, kind of Nikola Jokic-esque, uh, you know, back against the wall for KD. Um, I really, really like KD at 10-2. Uh, I think Kyrie is solid as well. Um, they need their two stars to come up in a big way, but I lean KD over Kyrie. I mean, Bruce Brown, I'm tired of this guy. I, I'm actually really tired of him. And they just, just, I hate when teams just leave him open so he just goes off, but... If teams are going to continue to just, like, leave Bruce Brown open and he's going to play 40 minutes, you have to consider him in the mid range. He's gone for 40-plus fancy points in four of the last five games. So, unfortunately, I think Bruce Brown's a solid option in the mid range, But um, I don't want to play him, but I think you obviously have to consider him. It's going to be interesting to see what his ownership comes out to. The two centers in Drummond and Claxton will split the center minutes. Um, Drummond, the slightly better point from the guy of the two, but his minutes a little bit less secure klaxon has been closing games uh more frequently than drummond of late so maybe he's a little bit safer but neither priority plays i do like both cheap guards here in curry and dragic i think they're both good values like we know what we're getting out of them. most likely we should get around 30 minutes from steph curry sure he's scoring dependent but he is only 4-3 and go Drogic dragic should play somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 minutes on the bench and it'll be productive when he's on the court so i like both the cheap guards here for brooklyn a good amount in dragic and in curry um, and that's really it. I mean, Kessler Edwards probably only plays a couple minutes. Patty Mills will be in the rotation, but I would just rather go to Seth Curry or Drogic for a little bit more than, than go to Patty Mills. <coughs> oh, sorry about that, guys. And finally, Memphis and Minnesota. So this has been a wild series. I mean, you had the massive blowout two games ago. You know, Memphis down by like 30. They come back and win. I mean, it's been it's been really crazy. Um, we do have Dylan Brooks questionable. That is something to keep an eye on. Um, that would open up more value if he doesn't play. But starting with John Morant, 9 7, I like him quite a bit at the top. He has not really shot very well so far in the series 8 of 18, 9 of 16, 5 of 18. Still gone for 50 plus fantasy points every single game. He's getting close to double digit assist every game. Um, and this is a game that's going to be played at a fast pace. So I do like Jock quite a bit at the top. Desmond Bain, um, he had a really big game last game. Uh, you know, if Dylan Brooks doesn't play, I would like him a lot more. Either way, I think Bane's like a decent option in the mid range. Now, uh, this guy. Do not get me started here. Still in so much pain from last, last game from Jaron Jackson Jr. Here's the thing he's going to start at the five again. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he can break the slate. So it's just a question of are you going to roll the dice on Jaron Jackson Jr. and hope he stays out of foul trouble? Because I'm telling you. If he stays out of foul trouble and plays like 35 minutes, playing majority of his minutes at the five, he is going to break the slate. It's just a question of, can he stay out of foul trouble? The answer has been no. He's been in massive foul trouble every single game. I was like, okay, back-to-back games, Jerry Jackson gets in foul trouble. No way he can get in massive foul trouble again. He picked up like five fouls in 14 minutes at low ownership for me last slate. It just, so, it's just a question of, do you want to roll the dice? Now, here's the thing. I think Brandon Clark's going to be pretty popular. If you think Jaron Jackson stays out of foul trouble, you should fade Brandon Clark. Clark's been playing really well in the series. No doubt about it. He has played extremely well. However, he has gotten the minutes bump with the Jaron Jackson foul trouble. So, I think Clark makes for an interesting fade. But if Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble again, Clark's probably going to smash. So, you know, if Clark, for example, you have Clark at 5K, Jaron Jackson at 6K. It, I feel like Clark's going to be more popular. I feel like the field's going to go to him, kind of box score watch. For me, again, it's so painful, but I would rather take the shot on Jaron Jackson Jr. at lower ownership and just pray he can stay out of foul trouble. I'm telling you, he will break the slate if he stays out of foul trouble and plays 30 plus minutes. Um, so I like his upside quite a bit, but it's just, I'm pre-tilting it. I'm Friday night. This game's on Saturday night. I'm already pre tilting the Jaron Jackson foul trouble. Uh, Dylan Brooks, if he plays, is a decent option. He has not shot the ball well either this series. He's been not great, but he's at a relatively cheap price point. So I think he's a nice bounce, uh, a buy low candidate if he plays. Now, if he misses, I'm not sure what they're going to do uh, with a starting lineup because they're obviously going to start, you know, Kyle Anderson, the four, Jaron Jackson, the five, Ja, and Bane as the guards. Do they maybe it's Zaire Williams that picks at the start? I guess they could throw a John Conchar in there too. I don't think they would start Melton, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, uh, but either way, it like if Brooks misses, I think Melton could become playable. I know he didn't play much last game, but I would assume if Dylan Brooks is in play, he's back in the rotation and getting at least a couple shifts. Um, again, maybe Zaire Williams, maybe Conchar, we'll see. Kyle anderson i know he was bad last game but he played 26 minutes if he starts at the four again i think he's a relatively safe value not a guy that has a super high ceiling but um i think he's a decent play a guy that can contribute you know a lot of different ways and stuff the stat sheet um again clark we, we talked about him xavier tillman probably will still be in the rotation only played 16 minutes though um if you want to take a shot at him at a really cheap price point i would assume he's still in the rotation over adams but we'll see um, and yeah, that is it for Memphis. Let's finish up with the Minnesota, another team that's just, they were a headache in the regular season because you just never knew which one of the big three was going to go off. And it's basically been the same story here in the playoffs, right? You know, d like, let's just look at like d stats. Um, 51 here against the Clippers, an absolute smash, then bust, bust, then a smash, right? Let's just take a look at Anthony Edwards. Goes for 42, 54 smash. 30, 33, bust. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, bust here. Smash, bust, bust. So it's like, if this game says competitive, obviously one of these guys is having a good game. Now the tricky part is, who is it going to be, right? I personally think that Carl Anthony Towns comes out way more aggressive in this game. He's been in foul trouble a lot this series. He shot the ball four times last game. Four. Four. Buddy, you got to be more aggressive. Like, what are you doing? um So, 8.9k. I do think he bounces back. I like Cat a good amount. Edwards and D'Lo have flashed their ceilings. Uh, they have of fours as well, but both should play big minutes. No issue finding go to either. Like I said, it's hard trying to figure out who it's going to be. Uh, Patrick Beverly, we we know we're getting out of uh, him. He's going to play 30 to 35 minutes. He's a good defender. He can get some blocks and steals. I think he's a pretty safe play. Um, now what I want to mention with Minnesota is the first couple games, they basically ran like a 10 man rotation. Last game, they just come out of nowhere and run an eight man rotation, which is actually really, really good, obviously for, for the Minnesota guy. So if they continue to finish, continues to run an eight man rotation, these Minnesota value plays are, are definitely in consideration. So Malik Beasley, 4-2, played 25 minutes. I think he's a fine tournament play. The guy that got the huge bump out of nowhere, Jared Vanderbilt, played 32 minutes. Now I'm not sure if we get 32. I don't think we're getting nine, but if we will get an eight-man rotation and Vanderbilt stays on a foul trouble, I think he's playing at least 20 minutes. So at 3.7K, I do think he's a solid value play. Uh, McDaniels, I like as well 3-4. I think he's probably playing over 20 minutes, so uh, those two are a decent values. You saw a little bit of backup five run for Nas Reed, a little bit of run for Torian Prince, but not enough for me to consider that. So that's going to wrap it up for the video, guys. Again, if you haven't enjoyed the YouTube videos, the DraftKings, the uh, USFL content, the prize pick videos, just make sure to hit that like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Hit the notification bell. That do- that stuff does help me out. Uh, but yeah, have a good rest of your Friday night, guys. And I will see everyone in the next one.